Welcome to Equipus Christchurch. Equipus Church is a whole lot of friends championing one another to go higher in Christ. For more details, check out our website at equipuschurch.com forward slash Christchurch. So, got a question for you to start off this morning. How do I, you, I, get stronger in our faith? How do I get stronger in my faith? Is it more church? Is it more prayer? Is it more reading the Bible? Why is it that we want to be strong in our faith, but we suffer from spiritual weakness? And we say, if only I was stronger then. If only I had this much then. If only, if only, if only. I've observed over the years in myself (laughs) and in others that we are generally in one of four positions when it comes to getting stronger in our faith, that journey. The first position is this one. Not me, all right? Defo, not my size. Thank you, countdown. Right. This is the first position. It's what I call the runaway position. We have what we need lined up, ready to go. And when God says, I want you to go in that direction, we go like Forrest Gump, no. And we, off we go. We run in the opposite direction. That's the first position. We run away in the opposite direction. The second position is this one. This could be quite amusing. If I can't get out of this thing, someone's going to have to come and help me, all right? Is this one. I think I might kneel. Might make an easier escape later. A dinghy. This is what I call the drifting position. You're just drifting through life. There's no direction. You have no power. You have no way to steer yourself. You're just at the mercy of your circumstances. And you feel like you're just, you know, you're just at the mercy like you would be if I was out on the ocean in this thing. You would just be at the mercy of the tides and the waves. You're drifting. Good grief. (laughs) The third position You're either running away, you're drifting, or you're sitting. I'll just sit here. I'll just wait until circumstances are perfect, and then I'll move. I might even rock. The thing with rocking is there's movement, but you're not getting anywhere. And when you're sitting, you'll often find yourself getting into a rut. 
a rut so deep you don't even know how to get out of it. Someone once said it this way. A rut is a grave with the ends kicked out. And you're going, if only, when, when, I'm, when I'm feeling stronger, then I'll move. I'll get up out of here. When I'm feeling like I've got it more together, then I'll do it. But you sit, and you rock, and you worry. Running away, drifting, sitting. What's the fourth position? Moving. Moving. Moving forward. Even the tiniest steps of faith. Here's the principle. It's going to come up on the screen. Power is not accessed by running away or drifting or sitting, but by a decision to move. And as you move, you get power along the way. As you move. It's what I've called today's sermon, power along the way. Tell the person next to you, you've got to move. Got to move. Got to move. Or not actually move. I want to start like a little exodus inside the, you know what we mean, metaphorically. The sermon today is, the message is so simple. In fact, it was so simple, I almost, God, are you sure? It's so simple. He said, yeah, simple, it's uncomplicated, but it's deep and it's transformational. So I'm going to tell you four stories from the Bible this morning, four stories that illustrate this principle of power along the way when we move. Um, Two from the Old Testament, two from the New. First one is from Exodus 13, and I've called this one Facing an Impossible Situation. Here they were at Exodus 13. They were facing the uncrossable Red Sea. They had just come out of slavery million or so, million and a half or so of people following Moses. They'd just come out of slavery and they get to the the Red Sea and they turn around and they can see the Egyptian army coming for them because Pharaoh had a freak out when he saw his workforce leaving. And when they saw that army bearing down on them, they freaked out. They freaked out. I want you to see what they said. Exodus 14, as Pharaoh approached, the people of Israel looked up and panicked when they saw the Egyptians overtaking them. They cried out to the Lord and they said to Moses, why did you bring us out of here to die in the wilderness? Weren't there enough graves for us in Egypt? What have you done to us? Why did you make us leave Egypt? Didn't we tell you this would happen while we were still in Egypt? We said, leave us alone. Let us be slaves to the Egyptians. It's better to be a slave in Egypt than a corpse in the wilderness. Do you know what language they're speaking? Wineese. If my kids start speaking, I'm sorry, I don't understand that language. 
If my students start speaking, I say, you're speaking Wyanese, not a language I speak. Sorry. They were whinging. Let's keep going. But Moses told the people, don't be afraid. Just stand still and watch the Lord rescue you today. The Egyptians you see today will never be seen again. The Lord himself will fight for you. Just stay calm. Then the Lord said to Moses, why are you crying out to me? Tell the people to, and I've highlighted the words, get moving. Get moving. Move in Hebrew is this word nasar. Nasar. It's an active verb. It's not meant to be said nasar. Nasar. And what it means is pull up your tent stakes, set out, go forward. Nasar. In other words, God is saying to the people of Israel, keep moving. Nasar. And somewhere between where you are right now and the Red Sea, I'll intervene. What he's promising is power along the way. And we're not going to read the whole thing, but what happened after that was that the angel of God, I would have loved to have seen the angel of God, like, whoa, came in behind the people, the last stragglers at the back, the pillar of cloud moved from the front to behind them, and a strong east wind drove back the sea in the Red Sea and turned it into dry ground, and they crossed over on dry ground, and when the Egyptians tried to follow, God said, okay, and the sea came down, and they were all wiped out. As they moved, Nassar, as they moved, they saw God's power along the way. They didn't know what was going to happen. They were just moving in the general direction that God had said, go to the Red Sea. And so they just kept going. Go to the Red Sea. Their steps of faith unleashed the power and plan of God. So, question to you, are you facing an impossible situation? Are you fearful? <clears throat> Have you been speaking Wyanese? What position are you in? Are you running away? Are you drifting? Are you sitting? Or are you moving? in the general direction that God has said go. I learned this a few years ago. It's a great quote. It's one of the kind of foundational things of my life. It's going to come up on the screen. We are all faced with a series of great opportunities, brilliantly disguised as impossible situations. It's like a military commander that said to his soldiers, gentlemen, we are surrounded by insurmountable opportunities. What if your step of faith in the general direction that you know God wants you to move means that you will get power along the way? What if? And what if you're running away or you're drifting or you're sitting? What if that means that as you're doing one of these things, you miss it? You miss what God wants to do. Because you're in the wrong position. 
you miss God's supernatural power. So that's the first story. Second story is in Joshua 3. That was facing the impossible. Joshua 3 is about a crossing over, about a new season coming. Joshua was given clearance to cross into the promised land after a 40-year detour. <laughs> Duh. I think they would know. 40 years, man. Whole generation had to die out except for Joshua and Caleb. And they, f- they get to where they've got to cross over and they're facing the Jordan River in flood. And the instructions are to march into the river with the ark in front, because the ark was God's presence and the, and the indication of his leadership. And they're like, the river's in flood, are you mad? This is madness, this is not going to end well. Joshua 3, 1 to 8, let's have a look at it. Early in the morning, Joshua and all the Israelites set out from Shittim. I know, that's funny, eh? I, every time I get to it, I just go, <laughs> It's like when I was growing up, I like swear words in our house were like close to treason. And um, we used to get such a kick um, of when we'd scrape our knee and we'd go into my mum and say, Mum, I've got a bloody knee. <laughs> like this. <laughs> you can't really tell me off. <laughs> Same thing. Anyway, I've got totally distracted. Anyway, um, and they, they went to the Jordan where they camped before crossing over. After three days, the officers went through the camp, giving orders to the people. When you see the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God and the Levitical priest carrying it, watch this, you are to move out from your positions and follow it. I think there's another slide. Yeah, then you will know which way to go, since you have never been this way before. But keep a distance of about 2,000 cubits between you and the ark. Do not go near it. Joshua told the people, consecrate yourselves for tomorrow. The Lord will do amazing things among you. Joshua said to the priests, take up the ark of the covenant and pass on ahead of the people. So they took it up and they went ahead of them. The principle is playing out again. Power along the way. Because when the priests carrying the ark, the moment their foot hit the Jordan River, God started to do something. They got about ankle deep, and then God started to move. Another wind upstream. Actually, the Bible has a really interesting way of putting it. It said, God heaped the water up. So he actually became like a supernatural dam. He heaped the water up. And again, the people crossed over on dry ground. It's power along the way. Nasa, move, move, follow God's direction. How about you? Are you in a crossing over season? You've got new challenges, new experiences. Verse four, wait, I've never been this way before. I've never been here. The best thing you can do is follow the direction that God is saying, Go. I mean, none of it, they didn't know what God was going to do. They just followed. None of us know what's on the other side of the crossing over, but we do know who's leading us there. And that's where our faith lies. So where are you? Are you running away? Are you drifting in the crossing over? You're just like, oh, see what happens. 
Are you sitting and going, oh, conditions aren't right yet? It's in flood. Doesn't make any sense. I'll just sit and wait till the flood goes down. But here's the thing. Moving by faith in the general direction that God has said will give you power along the way and will give him permission to do supernatural stuff that gives a fantastic testimony. When I was 21 years old, I, um, I, I heard God really clearly call me to Fiji through a series of dreams. I'm not going to go into the whole story, but I knew that he had called me to go and live and work in that country. So three days before my 22nd birthday, I arrived in Suva. I had no friends over there. I had no family. My family were living in Asia. I had a new culture. That was a crossing over of epic proportions. And I was young. I look back now and I go, man, I was so green. So green. But here's what the thing. I knew God had called me. And so this was the direction he was sending me, and it made no sense. Should have gone teaching. Made no sense. Didn't get paid anywhere near as much as I would have as a teacher. Made no sense. But I knew God had said go. So I went. Not knowing how my life would be changed as a result. So you're facing an impossible situation. NASA! Start moving, and you'll get power along the way. Are you facing a crossing over into a new territory? NASA, get moving, and you'll get power along the way. All right, how are we going? I'm just checking in now. Are we good? You with me? You getting it? So that's the two Old Testament. I want to do the two New Testament things now really quickly. John 2. This is what I call the challenge of lack. The challenge of lack. The first miracle Jesus did, this has come up a lot in the last few months at church here. Pastor Tico preached on it, then Pastor James Roy preached on it when he came. Same thing. So I think this miracle is actually a word in season for our church because it came up again for me. And I could have gone in other directions, but I really felt God say, no, stay, stay here. So we know the story pretty well. The host has run out of wine. Let's read it in John 2, 1 to 9. On the third day, a wedding took place at Cana in Galilee. Jesus' mother was there, and Jesus and his disciples had also been invited to the wedding. When the wine was gone, Jesus' mother said to him, they have no more wine. Woman, why are you involved me in this? Jesus replied, my hour's not yet come. His mother said to the servants, do whatever he tells you. Nearby stood six stone water jars, the kind used by Jews for ceremonial washing, each holding from 80 to 120 liters. Jesus said to the servants, fill the jars with water. So they filled them to the brim. Then he told them, now draw some out and take it to the master of the banquet. They did so. Now this next bit in white is me. This is not the Bible, this is me. I've added this in. As they were walking to the master of the banquet, and the master of the banquet tasted the water that had been turned into wine. The miracle occurred in the walking. You go in the direction that God, Jesus, is telling you to go, and you'll get power along the way. If they had stayed put with their water jars, the miracle would not have occurred. The miracle occurred because they were moving. 
What do you lack? You in a really difficult circumstance? Are you in lack in a relationship where you have no cohesion, no direction? You may be hardly speaking. It's prickly. It's difficult. It's yuck. You might be lacking good health. You might be lacking finances, going along with what Penny has said this morning. What if, question, what if you stopped running away from what you know God has told you? What if you stopped drifting directionless, hoping like heck something changes or that you end up by some in the right place? What if we didn't stay sitting, waiting for all the circumstances to be perfect before you get up and move? What if we just took a step of faith in the direction that we know God is asking us to go, and then we get power along the way? I want to tell you a testimony. I've got Rachel's permission to tell this. Um, she came a few months ago to e-group. She's in my e-group, and she came and she said, Shelley, I really believe God is saying that I, for me and my family to go to shout. But my bank account would suggest that this is not going to be possible. But what she did, and I really admire her for this, she started moving in that direction. She started, she bought, one night to e-group, she bought along wheat bags that she'd made and created, started selling things that she could easily make. She started selling her photographic prints because she's an amazing photographer. If you haven't seen her work, phenomenal. She started selling her prints. She started putting things in place that backed up where she believed God was telling her to go. She didn't just sit and go... I'll just sit here and then God will drop the money into my bank account and, and then I'll... No. She said, God has told me to go this direction. This is where I'm going to go and then I'm going to get power along the way. And she has. God has provided her and her family are going to shout. Her faith has been strengthened. She's going to shout. And I believe that when her and her family get to shout, because she has walked in obedience to God, her family is going to have an incredible time. God is going to do something incredible in her family because she got up and she said, this is the direction God wants me to go. That's where I'm going. Little steps, I'm going to do what I can do and God will give me power along the way. Last story. Luke 17. I've called this one Beyond Help. Beyond Help. There are 10 lepers on the side of the road wondering this question. Does Jesus do lepers? See what the Bible says. Now on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. As he was going into a village, 10 men who had leprosy met him. They stood at a distance and called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. When he saw them, he said, go show yourselves to the priest. And, I've highlighted these words, as they went, they were cleansed and healed. 
They might have wanted a display of Jesus' power on the spot. Just heal us here. Why do we have to go to the priests? Right? But Jesus isn't going to work that way. His way, start walking. Start walking. And then you'll get power along the way. I'll intervene along the way. Here's what I love about this. As they were in the middle of obeying his word, they benefited from the power of his word. It's counterintuitive though, isn't it? For them as lepers, to go and see the priests was the last place that they would go. They were unclean. And they were going, this is mental. We're unclean. As soon as we get to the temple, they're going to go, you're unclean, push off. How many times in our lives does God tell us to do something and in our rational head we're going, that makes no sense. We need to actually stop listening to that rational brain and start being counterintuitive and go, this is what God has said. It makes no sense in the natural, but in the supernatural, I know he's leading me, so I'm going to go. Even when everyone else is going, you're mad. You go to your work colleagues who are not believers and you say, I give 10% of my gross income to the church. They'll go, you're nuts. What a stupid thing to do. They don't understand. And that's okay. But I would far rather follow what God tells me to do than do what the world says is okay. Because I know in my life, like pennies, the blessing that has come, we've never given as much as we have. I got a shock when we got our tax thing the jig back. Have we given that much? Yes. We've never given as much, but we've never been in a, as, as blessed position as we are now. Never. So there's my testimony to add weight to what Penny said. So how about us? Do we only move when we see evidence, or do we act out of obedience before we see the evidence? This is challenging stuff I know this morning, (laughs) challenging to me. Do we have enough faith to act on what God is saying even before we see any evidence of what he is doing? Those lepers just, Jesus said, go. They went, okay, worth a crack. They had no evidence that that they were going to be healed. They just started on going on what Jesus said. And somewhere along the way, they looked down at their bodies and they went, holy mo, I didn't have a finger this morning. It's come back. I didn't have an ear. It's back. I haven't got stuff on my skin. I'm healed. You know the rest of the story, right? Only one came back, said thank you. There's a whole other sermon in that, but we won't go there today. Even though I could, but I won't. So... I asked you the question at the beginning, how can I get stronger in my faith? How can I get stronger in my faith? The key principle is this. It's going to come up on the screen. God is more than willing to intervene supernaturally into the challenges of our everyday lives, provided that we are first willing to get in motion. God will add strength and supernatural power to you, but you might have to get moving first. You might have to stop running. You might have to stop drifting. You might have to get up out of your chair and start moving. 
in his direction. You might not have all the details, but if you head in the general direction that you believe God is leading, then you will get power along the way. You will get power along the way. Chuck Swindoll says this, stepping out in faith always brings clarification of God's plan. Always. We grow stronger in our faith, not by running away, not by drifting and just hoping for the best, not by sitting and waiting and worrying in that rut. We grow stronger by getting in motion and moving in God's direction. Nasa, pull up your tent pegs and go forward. Don't sit here going, if only I was 20% stronger, then I'd move. If only my circumstances will change, that's a sign from God, then I'll move. No. Move first by faith, and God will give you power along the way. Martin Luther King, love this quote. If you can't fly, then run. And if you can't run, then walk. And if you can't walk, then crawl. But whatever you do, you have to keep moving forward. You have to keep moving forward. Why don't we step out in faith and see if God just might increase our capacity? See if he doesn't give us power along the way. Get moving. Nasa. It shows God that you trust him. And I know you might not have specifics because I've been talking about, you know, the general direction that you want God to go. But there's a thing that we have in this church called big It's going to come up on the screen. If you don't know what direction to go, I'm going to give you a direction. Big, belong, invest, and grow. Belong. If you are not in an e-group, find one. Get in one. My e-group is an incredible group of women. I I don't say this enough to them. They are more encouragement to me probably than I am to them half the time. This last Tuesday night, I had a really week and I came in and I really wasn't feeling like leading e-group. And I was honest with them later on. I said, oh, it's just a really hard week. And you know, those ladies got around me and they prayed for me. And, and it was, I, I, I said to them afterwards, I said, that was exactly what I needed. I needed people around me because just because I'm a leader around here, that doesn't mean I don't have stuff. Please don't think because Tiko and I stand up on this platform that we've got it all together because we don't. We've just been given the opportunity to lead. But we need people around us too. So if you're not in an e-group, get in one. You cannot say, I feel disconnected if you haven't taken any steps of faith towards getting yourself connected. Because there's plenty of opportunity to do it. And if there's no e-group that suits, start one. It's not hard. All the stuff's there. Invest. If this is your home, then serve here. If this is your church home, then give here. Start investing in the legacy and the generations to come. Belong, invest, and grow. 
that's part of serving. You'll grow when you serve. But part of um, growing is also just be in the room. Be here on Sundays. Be here. Because God is here. And His people are here. And as we gather together, we start moving and getting momentum as a church. But if you're not here, you're not here to encourage other people and and you're not here to see what God might want to say or be doing. Belong, invest and grow. Big. And as you take steps of faith in His direction, God will provide you power along the way. Thanks for listening to this podcast. Check out our website at equipuschurch.com forward slash Christchurch.